Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, how are we doing tonight? Man, worship was awesome, wasn't it? Oh my goodness, it's so awesome. Uh, yeah. Man, we just love Jesus, and we're so um, glad that you're all here tonight. If this is your first time with us, we are uh, really, really glad that you're here. Really pumped up to have Norberto and Noris with us. Such an honor uh, to have them and, and to see them again. Got to see them in February, and that was really, really awesome. But, uh, man, welcome back to those of you who are coming back. Uh, we are in a very, very important series called Make War. And what we are discovering in this series is that the only way we can break sin's power in our life is to receive uh, Jesus' death and the power of his resurrection into our life through faith. In other words, we are going to claim the victory that Jesus has already won through faith. We're going to believe him in the work that he has completed on the cross. And then here's the amazing thing that happens. When we receive Jesus into our life, Not only do we receive his once-for-all payment for our sin, but we also receive this thing called the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit comes power, a liberating authority over sin in our lives. And that's what we've been discussing. That's what we've been learning through this series called Make War. Now, there's something I want to be very, very clear about tonight. In fact, it's something that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart as I was mowing this week, because I was uh, learning from Pastor Chris last week not to be a sloth, okay? So, uh, so I, I, got, I got on the tractor, actually my wife did, and she did a great job, and then I just had to tidy up some spots, okay? So, so I got on my tractor, and, I, and I'm mowing, and, and I really believe that the Spirit of God laid this on my heart, 100%, because in a series like this, what can happen is you can feel bad, because you go, I'm jacked up. I struggle with all these sins. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the reality we all do. But there are a couple of sins on this list of seven sins, which we're going to review in just a minute, where we're going to go, man, that's, that's the one for me. That's the one where I really, really struggle. And, and what happens is we begin to feel bad, and then we begin to feel guilt in our lives, and we don't know how to, to get out of that. So I believe the Holy Spirit put this in my mind and my heart this week, and I just want to share it with you, and I believe that it's going to speak to some of you in a way that uh, will set you free. Here's what I believe he told me to tell you. When we focus on our failure, when we focus on our failure, we cannot be free. When we focus on our failure, we cannot be free. Now, if you're a note taker and you, uh, you pull out your notes in your connection, you go, Brad, that's not on there. You're right. I just thought of it this week, okay? We do these things too, uh, about a week and a half uh, early, so it wasn't on there. But I want you to write that down uh, if, that's, if that's the Lord just speaking to you. You just need to hear that. When we focus on our failure, we cannot be free. You see, Jesus' death on the cross was a once-for-all thing that he did for our sin. So when we receive him into our life, when we believe in him, And we trust him. We receive his free grace. And we receive the power of the Holy Spirit to live a new life. That's what I love. The Apostle Paul says in in Corinthians, to the Corinthian church, he told them, listen, when you believe in Jesus, you're uh, you're not the same person. You are a new person in him. You're a new person. So if you've come into this series and you've been like, man, I feel like I'm getting hit with, with a baseball bat every week. Listen, I understand. I can testify with you. That's me too. 
But I want you to know that the, the past is the past. I love what the scripture says. The scripture says that God casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. You know how far that is? <laughs> Can't be measured. God forgets about it. And so we need to forget about it. We need to move on and press on. And that's what we're going to do um, tonight. And I hope that that's what you'll do through this whole series is don't focus on that failure. Focus on the future that God has for you. Because if we focus on our failure, we cannot be free. Now, there's something we have to realize about our lives. In fact, this is the take-home point. This is the one thing we've been kind of pressing into each and every week. And I want you to, to hear this tonight. Here's what it says. Things are not what they seem. There's a war going on, and you and I play a vital role in the outcome. There's a war going on, and you and I play a vital role in the outcome. So you see, here's the point of this. That things are not what they seem. You see, there's this spiritual battle that's going on all around us. In fact, when we believe in Jesus, something happens. We, we, we kind of become aware that, that, you know what, this life isn't all there is. In fact, there's a, another life after this one, and that's why the decisions we make now matter for eternity is because there's a life after this life. In fact, Jesus said he came to give us life, but not just life um, that, that we can have here and now, although we do receive his life here and now. It starts here, but it continues on into eternity. And it's a life we've all been looking for. We can have that here, but it's hard because there's a, there's a ruler on the earth right now who's running around, and he's a, he's a defeated ruler, just so you know. Jesus defeated him, but he likes to attack us. And so we go through all these battles, and as we talk about these sins uh, that, that we all struggle with, and we talk about making war on them, we realize that this is something that, you know, we can't always see it. Like, we know, oh, this is a prideful thing in me right now. Or, oh, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really struggling here with, um, with, with, with sloth, or I'm really struggling with lust. You know, sometimes we can't see that. And the reason is because it's an invisible war. It's an invisible battle. But when we come into faith with Jesus and we realize these things, we have to understand that there is one way that we will find success if we will make war on sin in our lives. And here it is. Okay, and, and listen, this is really, really important for us to understand because this is, this is like the opposite of what we would think. Okay, when you go into a battle, what do you want to do? You want to go in and you want to win, Right? You want to take it. Well, when it comes to sin in our lives, here's what we have to do. We have to surrender because surrender brings victory. Surrender brings victory in our lives. When we surrender, we are not surrendering to the sin. We are surrendering to Jesus who already died for that sin. And when we surrender to Jesus, Jesus then can give us the victory. Guys, we got to stop trying to live in our power. We can't do this on our own. There is no way you will ever, there's no way I will ever overcome pride on my own power. Can't do it. We need God's power. And that, and how we achieve that is by surrendering to him. So we surrender because surrender brings victory. And it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't from our perspective. But in the spiritual realm, where these battles are going on, when we claim the name of Jesus, those demons, they run. That sin, it's already been taken care of. It's been paid for. And we claim that victory in Jesus' name and we step into it. When we focus on our failure, we cannot, we cannot be free. But when we surrender, 
there is victory that comes. Now, some of you, uh, maybe you're here for the first time, you don't know Jesus, and, and this is, you're not really sure what this means. And, and listen, I, I just want to let you know, uh, we're so glad you're here tonight, okay? We're so glad you're here, but I want you to know this. All of us struggle with this thing called sin. All of us do. All of us struggle with this. So it's not just you. You might think, man, we're talking about something tonight that, that might uh, hit on me, you know, give me a, a point of, of, of emphasis that I, I really need to work on. Listen, it's not just you. It's all of us, okay? It's all of us in this place. But we want you to know that Jesus is the answer tonight. But for those of you who, who know that, who've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, have you ever found yourself um, in, in good company, honestly, with the Apostle Paul, who said, listen, <laughs> there's this thing that I want to stop doing that I just can't stop doing. You know, you ever done that before? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, okay? <laughs> you know, please don't do that. It's embarrassing, okay, for yourself, and you don't need to do that because the answer is we all do. But here's the deal, guys, and here's what I, I want us to understand tonight is that we can be set free from that sin because when we struggle with something over and over and over again, what it means is we have not truly, fully surrendered that sin to Jesus, I want to illustrate it like this. Have you ever uh, tried to find something in the dark? <laughs> it's not easy, is it? Now listen, if I take these off, I don't know how many people are in here. I, I don't even know how many fingers I have, to be honest with you. I have really, really bad vision. Really bad vision. And, and I always have. And my parents have always done their best to make me look not like a dork. Um, but there, there was a time where they had these glasses that you could tie in a knot. You ever see these things? Those are awesome. I tried it, broke the lens. You know, they didn't tell me you couldn't, you know, twist their lens. But anyway, so I used to lose my glasses all the time. I would go to bed, and I, particularly when I go to sleep, I'll just set them down. If you wear glasses, can I get an amen, huh? Okay, thank you. I'm not the only idiot in here, okay? So, not that you're an idiot, but I am. Okay. So here's the deal. I'll take my glasses off and I'll just set them down on the mattress and, and I'll just fall asleep. And it's the dumbest thing. I know there's a spot right over here for my glasses. I've created a spot for my glasses. But I'll just, you know, lazy, sloth, whatever. I don't know. I'm struggling and I, I just put my glasses down. So my glasses have ended up, you know, under my pillow, behind my bed where I can never get it. Um, it's ridiculous. I have to have my kids get it. Um, you know, they've ended up in a glass of water in a garbage can. Uh, they've, they, they've even ended up at uh, the bottom of the ocean, to be honest with you. And that's a, that's a true story. I wasn't sleeping there, though. Uh, I wasn't sleeping, but I was on a job interview. And uh, I was on a job interview to be a youth pastor in, uh, in South Georgia, y'all. South Georgia. It's a little too slow down there for me, okay? And also really hot, I found out. I did not like that. So I was in South Georgia, and I was on this job interview, and I'm, I'm in the ocean with these kids, and we're having a, a really great time. This wave just comes right on my face. And, and, and Sam remembers this. I just looked around like, where are my glasses? I can't see anything because here's what I had to do after this. I had to give a Bible study after this. And I don't know about you, but I, I had one of those scriptures of the Bible. Um, the text was really, really small. And I could not read it for the life of me. I hold, hold it up here like, again, like an idiot. Okay? And uh, I've been struggling with that my whole life. You know, Don't be an idiot. been telling myself that for a long time. It actually keeps you from a lot of sin, by the way. But anyway, I lost these glasses, I've lost them, and, and I can't find it. But do you know what's incredible is, is this, is when I'm, when I, you know, late at night and I can't find my glasses and I know they're somewhere, the amazing thing is I know I can turn a light on and have my wife find my glasses. <laughs> or my kids, 
and, and then I can put them on and turn the light off and everybody go back to bed and I can go to the bathroom, okay? Because you don't want to go to the bathroom without your glasses, okay? So, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, you know, so, so, it's, so it's really, really important we understand in our lives that there is sin that happens that's, that's you know, we, we know it's there. We grope around like we're, we're just in the dark and and that, that sin we, we struggle with and we keep struggling with it. And, and sometimes we get our hand on it and it feels like we're going to overcome it and then we just can't. And the reality is we will never truly deal with that sin, be able to deal with that sin until we turn the light on in our life. And that light is Jesus. Because Jesus shines his light into our life. And at that point, then we can see, not only can we see the sin, but we can remove it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what this series is all about. We want the light of Jesus to shine on us so that we can see these things for what they are, so we can put on our glasses, and so that we can remove this sin from our life, so we can make war on sin in our lives. And it's so, so, so important. So these seven sins that we've been talking about this series are pride, lust, sloth, Greed, envy, anger, and gluttony. And so far, we've tackled the first three. Tonight, we're going to look at the fourth one, which is greed. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So I want to talk to you tonight about moving up. I want to talk to you about moving up. You ever uh, heard the, the phrase moving up? Yeah, everybody has if you live in America because everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to move up in America. Now, have you ever heard this? A rising tide lifts all boats. Have you ever heard that phrase? That's an interesting phrase to me uh, because it, it, it actually has to do, President John F. Kennedy uh, made the quote famous when he was trying to get a deal passed um, for a famous dam that he was trying um, to get solidified. And he made the statement, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I want to give you the definition of really what that means when it comes to economics, okay, because there's this thing called macroeconomics, okay, and macroeconomics is what I just call the big picture of economics, okay, this is, this is when the government will, will sign a bill, and, and on that bill, it will help people who have influence to bless other people, and I want to give you that uh, definition, here's what it is, it's improvements in the general economy that will benefit all participants in that economy, and that economic policy, particularly government economic policy, should therefore focus on the, most, uh, on the general macroeconomic uh, environment first and foremost. Okay? Now, if that's confusing to you, um, you're, you're right there with me. Okay? But what that basically means is this. Sometimes I need a little picture to help me understand. And, and what that means is this. You, you all see these boats right here? Check out this. Uh, I want to show you this picture. Can we throw up this camera? Look at that. How is that? Cool, huh? Thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> so I want to just give you an image, okay, because, because a rising tide lifts all boats, and I want you to see how this works, okay? You see those boats moving up? Moving on up. You can say yes, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Look at that. Now, isn't that incredible? that I could just pour all that water in there and it'll lift those boats right on up. You see, the same is true in our lives. 
You see, when the government signs a policy and it helps people who have influence, that influence then can trickle down and bless other people or help other people who have direct or indirect contact with that person. That's what it means to say a rising tide lifts all boats. Because when that water is poured into here, it lifts those boats up. So in other words, when money, in, in, in the United States, we refer to this as money, and when money is pumped into the system, and, and the, the people who typically are, are somewhat wealthy and somewhat influential receive that money, they then invest that money and help other people. And listen, I'm not here tonight to get into a debate whether or not this is good or bad. I'm just simply telling you the definition, okay? Okay? Because what it is, is it's capitalism. Because that's what we call it here in America, capitalism. So success in capitalism trickles down. Okay, that's the way the system is designed to work. Okay, and again, I'm not telling you that's the right way or the wrong way. I'm just simply defining it for you tonight. Okay, I know what I believe. And you can know what you believe. But what's most important is we have to understand what, what God tells us to believe about moving up. Because people here in America, want to move up. They want to move up because they want to have more of that influence. They want to get into that steady stream so that they can, uh, through their influence, they, they, you know, pass that on down to other people. Okay, but, but there's a problem that happens in America. And it happens everywhere that this is the case. And that problem is that moving up is often fueled by greed. Moving up is often fueled by greed. In fact, uh, Stanley Weiser and Oliver Stone penned a famous quote by, uh, it was spoken by the actor Michael Douglas in the movie Wall Street as he played Gordon Gecko. And I want you to hear this. Here's what he said. He said, the point is, and he was giving this speech uh, in front of Teldar Paper. What a horrible name for a company. And, and he was giving this speech to, to all of the, uh, the, the people who, who owned in, in, the investments in the company. And he was telling them this, and, and he got to the end of the speech and he said this, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Now, when Oliver Stone and Stanley Weiser wrote those words, they were just simply making an observation of what they were seeing happen in the United States. But you need to understand something. I need to understand something. Moving up. Moving up. If you're a follower of Jesus, moving up, listen, it's not wrong. But the way we go about moving up matters tremendously to God. Because moving up fueled by greed is not what God wants for our lives. But he wants us to be moving up fueled by him and his purpose and his love for the world. So in the kingdom of God, and I don't want you to miss this tonight. In the kingdom of God, moving up means moving down. Moving up means moving down. Just as surrender brings victory in the kingdom of God, moving up means moving down. And I want you to see, I'm not just making this up, I want you to see tonight an account that Jesus had as he was uh, having a, a, really a discussion with these, this group of people called the Pharisees. And I want you to hear what he told them. It comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 44. Here's what he said. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. 
His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. That's gross, okay? Don't wash your hands, Jesus, before you eat. Man, if my kids knew that, they would be all over it, you know? I don't tell them, though. I wait till they read. I'm going to make them read later in life. Okay, then the Lord said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. So the first thing that Jesus points out in this, in this discussion with the Pharisees is this, that God is concerned about the inside, not the outside. God is primarily and mostly concerned about the inside, not the outside. You see, in America, when we're trying to move up, we're concerned about what's going on, on the outside. We do everything that we need to do in order to get up that ladder so that we can get in that stream, so we can have that influence. But Jesus' first point here is, listen, you, you can't be focused on that. You've got to be focused on what's happening inside because that's the most important. So Jesus made clear that no matter how we seem on the outside, what matters most is on the inside. And then he offers us a solution to help us with that. He, said, he starts out in verse 40, fools. Now, I don't want Jesus to be saying that to me. But he said it to this group of people, and he said, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. So Jesus makes an incredibly important statement here. Give gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. Okay, now listen, this isn't, this isn't coming from me. This isn't even coming from Pastor Chris. This isn't coming from New Life. This is coming from Jesus himself. Jesus who is fully man and fully God. Here's what he said. Give gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. You see, what Jesus was pointing out is this. Is that if we're greedy on the inside, if we're doing everything that we possibly can to make sure that we're taking care of number one, eventually it's going to come out on the outside. Now, for the Pharisees, it was very obvious. But you see, for some of us, we're pretty good at hiding it. We're pretty good at masking who we really are. Our culture's taught us how to do that. Our culture has taught us how to lie to people. But Jesus makes very, very clear that what is on the inside will eventually be on the outside. So we have to take care of what's on the inside. And, and if the first, um, the first part of the antidote to greed is this, is giving. That's the very first thing that Jesus points out. It's the first part of the antidote to greed. If we want to overcome greed in our lives, we have to learn to give because here's what it means to give. When we give, we're not focused on who? Ourselves, right? We're not focused on us. If we're doing this, we're not doing this, right? If we're doing this, we're not doing this, hopefully, okay? Some people give in order to be blessed back, but that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, just give, just give. Don't worry about if it's going to benefit you or not. Just give. Because that's what's most important. Then he continued on, verse 42. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Now Jesus makes clear that we must not neglect what is really, truly important. You see, the Pharisees were so careful to appear holy 
that they actually forgot to be holy. The Pharisees were so concerned with, with appearing holy on the outside that they actually forgot to be holy. And you know, when we focus, guys, on our failures in our lives, I just want to tie back to this real quick. When we focus on our failures in our lives, we begin to build our lives around those failures. And then do you know what happens? We begin to build behaviors around those failures so that, so that we don't ever let anybody see that. But what Jesus is trying to tell us is, listen, you gotta let it go. Don't focus on the failure. I took care of it for you. Let's focus on the future and what I have for you. We cannot focus on our failures because those behaviors will eventually overcome our lives. And so in the area of greed, if you, if you have been a, a, a closet greedy person, you need to understand something tonight. You can appear to be holy without actually being holy. You can appear to be selfless without actually being selfless, but it's really, really hard to consistently give. And then Jesus adds on something very, very important giving with generosity. It's impossible to give generously. It's impossible to give generously and remain selfish. You can't do it. You can't do it. Because if you want to give generously, if I want to give generously, we have to rely on God to provide. I want to speak to the believers in here. If you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to hear what I just said, okay? Giving generously is the true antidote. As we give generously by faith, we are saying that we're going to trust God to provide. What does that mean? That means that we're going to take the onus off of us and we're going to put it on God. We're going to trust him completely. You see, Jesus is not primarily concerned that we give generously. He wants us to learn how to rely completely on God. That's what Jesus is trying to show the Pharisees. And they just could never get it. They could never get it, that it was about following God with all of their heart and then their soul, mind, and strength. It's very important that we see that the word heart is first. We have to let God into our heart. So the complete antidote to greed, generosity offered in faith. Generosity offered in faith. If we are to overcome the internal battle of greed, we must begin practicing generosity. If we neglect to practice this, here's what Jesus said. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk all over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. Ouch. That's, that's hard. That's rough. But listen, can I be real honest with you? Left to our own devices, that's our heart. Right? People know us as a nice, kind person who helps out somebody every now and then. But really, on the inside, we're just dark and hurting and nasty. 
and we need help. So Jesus points, he shines a light in this area and he says, listen, if you will give generously, if you will trust me to lead you, then this thing of greed, this, this addiction to greed, this, this lust for more in your life, it can be broken completely in the light of Jesus. So guys, I don't want you to miss this tonight. Jesus' death on the cross. <laughs> I looked over there and I saw myself. It's up there, actually. <laughs> it used to be over there. The cross is up there. Some of you for the first time, whoa, never saw it before. There it is. And yes, I do pray it doesn't fall. But I, want you, I, don't, I don't want you to miss this tonight. Jesus' death on that cross paid for every greedy thing you will ever do, every greedy thing you have ever done, it's taken care of. It's not a license to go and be greedy because we want to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit who liberates us from these things so that we can't focus on our failure but focus on the future that God has for us to lean into what he has for us. You know, if Jesus would have heard the phrase, a, 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 a rising tide lifts all boats, you know, I think he would have been okay with that, to be honest with you. I really do. And I want to tell you why. Because oftentimes in the scripture, Jesus' death was referred to as being poured out. So you see, Jesus' death for us lifted us up. You and I we're on the highway to hell. And we were speeding as fast as we could go. And for some of you tonight, that's you right now in this moment. And you need to know this. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And his plan isn't for you to be stuck in a cycle of greed or a cycle of lust or a cycle of pride. His plan is for you to be free. He went onto that cross and he bled and he died. And when his death was poured out for us, he lifted us up because he was raised from the dead three days later. And when he was raised from the dead by the power of God, he overcame sin and death forever. And now he offers us his life. And we can receive that tonight simply by believing. So tonight, when we close, we're going to say a prayer for those of you who maybe for the first time want to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to be set free because you're groping around in the dark and you can't find what you're looking for. I just want you to know his name is Jesus. He'll turn on the light in your life and you will be able to be free. And for those of you who have trusted Jesus, this illustration is so powerful for us. Because moving up in the kingdom of God means moving down. Jesus moved as far down as he possibly could to the point of death. And he died for us. He poured himself out. So what do you think we should do as followers of Jesus? Pour ourselves out. Pour ourselves out.
And we're not pouring ourselves out only. We're pouring out Jesus into a culture that is so thirsty for him, that needs him. People who are dying and going to hell just like you and just like me need to have a stop sign put up in their life so that they can say, this way, actually. Make a right-hand turn and follow Jesus because that way leads to heaven. So what does this have to do with greed? It has to do with this, and this is where we're going to close tonight. If you're a follower of Jesus in here tonight, and, and I don't mean this to be harsh, I really don't, okay? If you're a follower of Jesus in here tonight, and you know him, and you've trusted him as your Lord and Savior, but you never tell anybody about it, that is one of the most greedy things any person could ever do. Okay? Listen, I'm saying this in love. I really do, because I'm saying this to myself. Okay? If you know and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you keep that to yourself, that is one of the, one of the greediest things we could ever do. So guys, as we go out tonight, let's pour our lives out just as Jesus poured his life out. Because if we will give generously of our time, of our talent, of our money into the kingdom of God, for us, it'll feel like we're moving down, right? It really will. But do you know what's happening in the, in the spiritual realm, in the kingdom of God? We're being lifted up. And not only that, we're lifting up other people that we don't even know. You see, we can't see this in our world, but God sees it. And when we pour it out, we are helping to release Jesus into the culture, into the world, to lift others up out of death and into life, a life free of greed, free of pride, lust, sloth, envy, free of all sin, into an eternal life with a heavenly Father who loves them forever. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we could be in this place tonight that we could hear of your tremendous love for us. And, and honestly, God, to hear some hard truth that, that we are just by ourselves and, and in ourselves just greedy people. Lord, we are prideful people. We are people who struggle with this thing called sin. And Father, tonight we need a Savior. And he is Jesus. And we are so thankful, Lord, for him. So God, in this moment, if there are any in here for the very first time who want to trust you as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray right now that in their hearts, you would make yourself known in a way that you never have before. That they would see for the very first time that you truly are a God who loves them, a God who cares for them, a God who has poured himself out completely, selflessly for us. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. God, for those of us in here tonight who have trusted you, who have leaned into you, who have received your grace, Lord, we, we pray that you will help us to give that away in our time, to give that away in, in the use of our gifts here in this, uh, in this church and, and all over the place, in the nations, God, in our, in our jobs and in, in, our, in our homes, Lord, that we will use your grace, and share your grace with those all around us. 
Father, release us to be a blessing and help us not to focus on our failures so we can focus on the future, so we can be free and we can help other people and lift them up so that they can be free too by the power of your Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to share with you uh, the commitment for tonight as we go out. Every week we want to give you something that you can do, and, and here it is. I will make war on greed through Jesus' resurrection power this week. I will make war on greed through Jesus' resurrection power this week.